And welcome back into the Bama Beat Podcast, brought to you by Wickles Pickles and UA Sports Marketing. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Brett Hudson. How are you doing this morning, Brett? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm feeding Harper a bottle right now, so that's the the sucking noise you hear in the background. I apologize for that, but uh, these these babies don't tend to fit my podcasting schedule very well. Hashtag dad life. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. I'm starting to get way too comfortable at talking about football while holding or feeding a baby. So I don't know. I I can't think of any other time in which that skill set will be useful. Well, uh, because we don't normally record these podcasts from the house. You know, we normally do these in a studio with an office um, and and all those fun things. Um, Well, I say that we work on, I say we work on getting, uh, the two little ones, their own credentials and, and getting them up in the press box for this upcoming football season. And then you can just do all this stuff from there. Take a little pressure off the wife. Now, will the will the tandem stroller fit in the press box elevator? Oh, I didn't think about the tandem stroller. Now, granted, you could always baby Carlos it from the hangover <laughs> and just have the, the strap. You know, hey, I'll even be willing to put one on my chest. We'll just we're we're right apparently uh, getting one of those in the mail pretty soon. So. Okay, that's awesome. And and if you don't immediately take like a photo shoot with that and, and post pictures, I'm going to judge you because those things are by far the best baby carrying devices out there ever since that movie. Well, Lord knows I have enough time for it. So Fair enough. I have plenty of time for for such frivolity and nonsense in, in this, the era of quarantining and, and social distancing. Um, but we, we do have football to discuss, don't we? We should be a, we should be a distraction for people. Yes. And we are actually heading in that direction today. We got the safeties actually, right? Yes, we do. We're getting, we're getting very close to the end of this. We've been previewing, uh, I mean, with some breaks and, and pauses for pretty, uh, obvious global pandemic reasons. We've been breaking down one position group per week for a couple months now at this point. Um, and we are almost at the end. We have safeties this week, running backs next week, and we'll finish it off with the defensive line um, at the end. So we're, we're getting close to, to finishing this thing, and that'll take us through almost the end of this month. So you'll be guaranteed football podcasting content for most of this month. And then once we get past that, we'll get into some Bama beat roundtables. Now that we're all um, experienced and well-versed in this whole podcasting from home thing, uh, we'll, we'll get into some Bama beat roundtables and some, and some other type content to get us between uh, April and the beginning of preseason practice, whenever that may happen. Uh, who, who knows, but we'll, we'll have you covered on the football front between now and kickoff, whenever that may happen. And starting today uh, is the safeties. And I think I could make a case that this position was most or will be most affected by attrition just because other other positions lost more stars. Like obviously Judy and Ruggs did more at the wide receiver position or at least made more big plays at the wide receiver position, gained more notoriety, I guess, than uh, the combination of, of Xavier McKinney, Jared Maiden, and Shaheen Carter did at the at the safety positions. But uh, you also have a pretty good idea of what's coming up at the wide receiver position. We've already broken that down eight ways of Sunday with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and a pretty talented group of, of second stringers behind them that are now going to get 
opportunities at, at the first ring and things like that. And um, you could you could probably go around the team and, and make pretty similar cases. But at, at safety, they lost all three guys. And I know you tend to deem star a, a corner position. I team I tend to deem it a, a safety position. I, I don't know that I don't know that either one is is correct or incorrect necessarily. But even if you lump star into the safety conversation, you still aren't 100% sure what you're going to do at the star position. So you're losing three starters and you're not as certain of what you have in reserves there as you are in any other position. Am I, am I making my case? Well, am I making sense? Yeah. I, and I agree with you. Um, I think that what will be probably the toughest thing to do for Alabama is just replacing the versatility that Xavier McKinney brought to the table. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he played safety, he played the nickel corner, he'd roll up and be an inside linebacker. He played some outside linebacker, um, was just really effective, um, all over the field for Alabama. And that reflected on the stat sheet, three interceptions, four forced fumbles and three sacks to go along with just under a hundred tackles. I mean, across the board, he was an impact player, and just having that sort of versatility, you know, it allowed a guy like Jordan Battle, who was a true freshman, to get on the field during his first season because you could just roll uh, McKinney into that kind of money role, that sixth uh, a defensive back role. You know, I guess he technically wasn't the sixth defensive back. That was actually Jordan Battle. But as far as, you know, the money position, sort of the sixth defensive back to come on the field in a lot of right. situations. Um, I think that's probably going to be the toughest thing for Alabama to replace is just that versatility. But they do have – a lot of options. And I think we're both pretty much in agreement. Go ahead and get this out the way right out the gate uh, that Jordan battle will be the top safety on the roster. For sure. Yeah. Jordan battle is, is the definite given. Um, I mean, barring something wild. I mean, it would honestly, it would probably take an injury to keep him from, from starting uh, at safety whenever Alabama does open the, the season. What happens from there is going to be interesting because Daniel Wright is an option. Uh, at the deep safety position, um, uh, among others. And then you look at star and that's where things can get really interesting. And uh, I know we spent some time on the star position when we were breaking down corners earlier in this, in this series. But I want to, I want to pose something to you this way, since you mentioned Xavier McKinney's versatility uh, at the safety position and, and how valuable that was for Alabama. How much of that do you think Patrick Sertan could offer at the star position in terms of versatility, like flexibility, particularly in the blitz game and kind of doing different things from that star position to the point that if they did put Patrick Sertan at star, that they could get that versatility where they don't have to have it from their deep safety or money positions that they got it from, from Xavier McKinney. Do you think that's possible? Absolutely. I think that the versatility factor is probably going to be divided up between a couple of players. And like you said, if it ends up being Patrick Sertan, um, he's a guy that can play some outside corner. He can kick inside and play star. He can be a blitzer, um, off ball blitzer, things like that. But then when you're talking about the roles that DeMarco, uh, not, excuse me, uh, that Xavier McKinney filled as far as being, you know, playing that money position, being an inbox safety, things like that. DeMarco Halams is a guy who I know that McKinney's actually talked about being able to step up into that money role. Jared and I completely Bain has agree. Too. Yeah. And, and so just when they go that dime rabbits package, um, Halams is, is it Helms or Halams? You know, Helms? I don't have the pronunciation guide in front of me. I just call him Helms. Uh, Helms sure. is going to be the guy who can step up and play some box safety, 
Uh, he, you know, he can play some free safety as well. He could play off ball as a deep, deep safety. Um, I guess you, you know, call it, uh, but his versatility, I think is the other part of this is going to be really important because I don't think he's probably going to crack that top five. If I had to guess, I'd say your two starting safeties are Jordan Battle and Daniel Wright, which is who um, Xavier McKinney actually predicted as well. And I completely agree. I just think with uh, with Wright being a redshirt junior, he's been in the system. He he played, I think, in all 13 games last year. Now, granted, most of that was on special teams and in a reserve role. In fact, all of it was. But I think he's ready to kind of step up. He's been through the process. Um, dealt with injuries, dealt with some off-the-field stuff, but got all that stuff taken care of, it seems like. I think he's ready to take that next step. And so when you talk about him, you talk about what they might have at star. I don't really think a guy like uh, Helms is going to be really a star type of guy, but I could definitely see him playing in the Rabbits at the money position, which is you know sort of that guy that you can move around and be a box safety or an off-ball inside linebacker, whatever you want to call it. Um, he can fill that role. Would you agree? No, I, I agree. Um, if 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 Helms, which were is apparently the pronunciation we're we're going with because we're doing this off the cuff. If if Helms does find a role um, on this as, as a starter on on the 2020 team, it will probably be as that deep safety type look. Um, honestly, not all that dissimilar to Jordan Battle last year. Jordan Battle was a was a dying deep safety guy because. That's where they could get him on the field while still working with Xavier McKinney to keep him on the field. As we mentioned earlier, McKinney's uh, versatility to go from deep safety to money allowed Battle to get on the field in that dime package as a deep safety. If I, I agree that Helms most likely fits in as a deep safety type, and if if he is to get rotational reps uh, in 2020, that's probably his path to do it. Although I, I think we both mentioned it. Earlier, I think we lean towards Daniel Wright being that guy as opposed to Helms. Yeah, definitely. I think that as of right now, just going through the process, um, Wright's in a much better position to to step up and take on a bigger leadership role of the team and and be a nice complimentary piece to a guy like Jordan Battle, who's certainly going to be one of Alabama's top defensive backs. I really liked what he showed as a true freshman, he played in all 13 games. He got four starts. Um, he was really that sixth defensive back to come in. Anytime they rotated McKinney down into the box. Now, I don't know necessarily that you'll see as much of that this year, just because they don't have to, uh, last year, a lot of it had to do with Xavier McKinney's ability and coverage, his seniority, uh, all those things. They really needed his presence down in the box a lot more because they didn't have, you know, the duo, the experienced duo at inside linebacker of Dylan Moses and Joshua McMillan. So you might not see as much uh, as far as that goes. Now, you will still see plenty of money, the money package, money rabbits, I think is what they call it. Um, so, you know, don't expect it to go away or anything. You just might see a little bit more as far as maybe keeping two linebackers in the field if it ends up being Christian Harris and Dylan Moses, because I think both of them show a lot of promise as far as being coverage linebackers. They won't have to mask any deficiencies there. Uh, in passing situations. But the next question that I had for you was starting to get on to some of these true freshmen that are going to be coming in because they technically have a guaranteed two guys that are going to be coming in and playing safety in uh, Malachi Moore and Brian Branch. But then you also have Christian Story as well, who's an athlete who could end up playing uh, safe, end up sticking at safety as well. So what do you think about that group as a whole? You know, they're... 
it's it's an interesting question. They're they're a group that, I mean, put it this way. I, I don't. I think we both made it clear. I don't think anybody is unseating Jordan Battle this this fall for for a starting safety spot in 2020. It. I think it's possible that one of them could find their way on uh, as a starter to start 2020. I think that's certainly possible just because, as we mentioned, the safety position is one where your heir apparent aren't as obvious as, a, as they are at other positions um, on this team. So there's kind of that opportunity for someone to come into preseason practice again, whenever that might start, and just set the world on fire um, and, and kind of take hold of a of a position that way. And it's, it's just funny that you ask this question and, and couch the conversation this way after our teleconference with Nick Saban on Thursday, we're recording this on Monday morning. It's funny you put it that way because, you know, it, the whole not freshman, not playing things kind of a sensitive subject for, for Alabama and its coaching staff and its recruiting staff, because that's something people use to negatively recruit against Alabama. Freshmen don't play there, blah, blah, blah. So anytime anything comes even close to that subject, they kind of have to lash out and, and put the numbers out there and be like, no, we we do play freshmen. We do start freshmen. We, we do that pretty regularly. Um, and the question that got Coach Saban off on that subject was if he would have to rely on veterans – more in the 2020 season again whenever it may start because you don't have the spring practice with early enrollee freshmen to have that instructional period you might have a somewhat discombobulated preseason practice that isn't necessarily conducive to freshmen who are doing this for the first time and in making that same point that Alabama does in fact play freshmen and in some cases starts freshmen the two examples he noted were Minka Fitzpatrick and Ronnie Harrison, two safeties. So I, I just think it's – I don't know if you did that on purpose or not, but I think it's interesting that you posed the possibility of a newcomer starting right away at safety when Nick Saban himself just mentioned two newcomers who started at safety. I, I say all of that to say there's pretty clearly a precedent for newcomers starting at the safety position. And this is a year where Alabama doesn't have the very obvious heir apparent. So to get to your to the point of your question about Brian Branch and Malachi Moore and the other early enrollees, I think it's entirely possible that one of them gets on campus, takes over in fall camp, and earns a starting job alongside Jordan Battle. Obviously, Daniel Wright has a leg up in that battle because he's a, a redshirt junior who got some rotational reps last year. So he's not, he's, he's not coming in with basically a redshirt year and nothing else. Like he has seen the field. He's done things in this Alabama defense, but he's also not unimpeachable. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of accidental as far as the, you know, what Nick Saban said, but it, it, you and it, Nick it are on the same wavelength. Yeah, um, and really just it's a matter of, you know, anytime that you start talking about certain positions, you start talking about, okay, who are the guys that are coming back as far as starters, who are locked in the starting spots, who are gonna, guys who have been in the system and are going to be competing f- to step up into the, some of those spots that have been vacated 
And then the next step is, okay, who are some guys that can come in and, and continue for those spots who are maybe first-year guys? And Alabama has seen a ton of defensive backs, uh, especially that are, were in their first year, step up and, and earn significant roles as true freshmen. And I think that they have some guys who could certainly add to the depth of the position, but then you have players such as uh, Brian Branch, who I still think he needs to add some size. He's 5'11". He's only 185 pounds. He's got the frame to hold more weight. Uh, at least he, it looks like he does. I certainly think that he'll end up being a guy by the end of it that's playing in that 195 to 200 range, which would be a good size for him. But, you know, outside of just him needing to add size, he's a rangy guy. He's got, you know, big-time playmaking ability, uh, which I think is something that Alabama could use on the back half of their defense, especially after losing a, a guy like Xavier McKinney. I think that uh, Branch's experience at wide receiver in high school helps him as far as, you know, whether it be ball skills, whether it be understanding what uh, opposing wide receivers are trying to do. He's a great athlete. I think he can make a mark on special teams in year one, but I certainly think he could be involved in the mix. Now, you know, it's it's like we've kind of already said, Jordan Battle's got one of the spots locked up, barring any sort of, you know, unforeseen circumstances. But then it comes down to to Daniel Wright you got uh, Helms, who's going to be involved in the mix as well, whether that be at money. Maybe he can get some reps at safety as well. You have a guy like Eddie Smith, who I guess we'll touch on here in just a few minutes, um, who has kind of seen some action as well. He's now going into his third season. But outside of those guys, I mean, safety is not a spot that's just super deep right now. They need to add. They needed to add more depth, and they certainly did that with the 2020 class. But a guy like Brian Branch not only can be involved in the mix as far as the rotation and on special teams, I think he's a guy who can carve out a pretty significant role as long as you know he's able to get on campus uh, at some point during the summer. They're able to kind of make up for some of that spring ball stuff, and he can start getting comfortable within the defense. He might be a guy, especially you know in comparison to you know really all the freshmen. I think it's going to be an issue early for them to see early significant playing time because they didn't get all the practice reps they would have in the spring and then the summer was pretty much dedicated to continuing to learn and develop your body and things like that if they miss out on any of that stuff uh, that's going to set them back a little bit so maybe they don't make the immediate impact that they might have had a chance to had all this not happened with the coronavirus but I certainly think there's enough talented guys there that um you know, you will start seeing some true freshmen start to earn bigger and bigger roles as the season wears on. And Brian Branch is certainly one of those guys. You know, you know, before you uh, went so heavily into Brian Branch, I was going to ask you if there were any of the newcomers that you were uh, most high on coming into 2020 as potentially earning 2020 playing time. But it sounds like you kind of answered my question with Brian Branch there. Yeah, and and I think from an athletic standpoint, he's just much more advanced and much further along than a guy like Malachi Moore. Okay. Moore's got experience at corner and safety. He could end up being maybe a nickel guy. Um, he's not a top-notch athlete by any means, uh, but he's certainly good enough. Uh, and just you know, kind of where he's at as far as his competition in high school, playing at who at Trustful. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a good school to play at. Saw a lot of good competition. So from that standpoint, I think he could end up helping as far as the depth goes. But I more so view him as as a long-term player in Alabama's system or on Alabama's defense. A guy like Brian Branch, just when you look at the 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 athletic makeup. Now, from a physical standpoint, like I said, there needs to be some added weight and 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 strength 
that needs to uh, to happen with his overall body development. But from the athletic standpoint and the getting it between the years, you know, he's got a, a great head on his shoulders. He's able to make plays. He's able to read defense or read opposing offenses. And I think with that combination, that's excellent for, you know, he's definitely got the mental makeup to contribute early in comparison to other guys who have made early impacts at Alabama. Now, before we, I, I have something I kind of want to get to on what the safety position may look like for Alabama in 2020 in terms of its usage and its uh, its place in, in the scheme. But before we get to that, is there anyone we need to mention that's currently on the roster? Like you mentioned Eddie Smith earlier. Is there anybody else that we haven't touched on that we, we need to before we go to break and kind of go to the the position as an abstract as opposed to the individuals at the position? No, I mean, pretty much Eddie okay. Smith is really the only guy at this point, um, just looking over the roster, and he could certainly be involved. Uh, he, he had a special teams role, or he's had a special teams role. Um, actually made the switch from number 25 to number 15 now that Xavier McKinney is heading to the NFL. Right. Um, so that'll put a familiar face uh, with a familiar number on the back half of Alabama's defense. But outside of that, um, I think he's probably – going to be on the outside looking in, but we have seen guys take steps that we weren't expecting and end up carving out much bigger roles than we anticipate. And Eddie Smith could be one of those guys. Okay. Well, I have something to kind of couch the, the safety position as a whole in the 2020 version of the defense and, and kind of wondering if it might look different. We'll get to that after the break. This is the Bama beat podcast. And we're back on the Bama Beat Podcast, which is brought to you by Wickles Pickles, wickedly delicious relishes, pickles, okras, and much more. I would normally tell you to go find it in the pickle aisle of your local store, but we are in the era of quarantining and social distancing. So maybe you shipped if you're uh, if you have a subscription to shipped and you're getting your your grocery shopping delivered to you through shipped, or you can go to wickelspickles.com to to check out their products and figure out a way to consume Wickles Pickles that way. The point is, it's a wide variety of pickle-based products that you can use in a bunch of different ways. Like Hunter, for example, I know he uses the relish in making uh, chicken salad, for example. Uh, So you can introduce some Wickles into some different recipes that way. And of course, you can put pickles on on top of basically anything. So get yourself some Wickles chips. to put pickle chips on top of a sandwich or a burger or whatever. Then there's the okras and the sandwich spread and all that. So wicklespickles.com wickles pickles. Let's get wicked. So I wanted to have kind of a abstract conversation about the safety position in this year's defense based off something you mentioned earlier, how versatility may not be needed out of the position this year, one, because you don't have a Xavier McKinney in the position, thus you don't have the versatility that you used to have, but also because you're projected to be so strong at inside linebacker with at least Dylan Moses there, if not Joshua McMillan or an improved version of Christian Harris, an improved version of Shane Lee, some combination of the two. Dylan Moses's presence is going to be enough to change the, the quality of the inside linebacker position. Your corners are, are going to be solid. Sertan is back and you feel pretty good about be it Ronald Williams or Josh Job at the other corner position. So I just, I wonder, I wonder how Alabama uses the safety position and if it is more straight up or safe 
than it was in the past because last year you saw them use Shaheen Carter and Jaron Maiden and Xavier McKinney in a lot of different ways, kind of incorporating them into your pressure packages a lot more because they were the experienced guys. They were the ones that could handle all of that in, in a week of game planning and preparation. They could internalize all that and know what they were supposed to do on every single call. And now I just wonder if Alabama is tempted to shift their agent. I like to call them agents of chaos, like defensive players or positions that do things that are atypical, do things that make quarterbacks think. I like to call those positions the agents of chaos. And typically, at least last year, that was the safety position. I wonder if Alabama kind of transitions to allowing the inside linebackers to do that a little bit more. Now, just the the virtue and the uh, I guess the organization of the safety position gives defenses no choice. Like safeties are always going to be involved in certain pressures and they're always going to be involved in rolling coverages and disguising coverages and things like that. So to a certain extent, it's unavoidable. Your safeties have to be your agents of chaos. But I wonder if Alabama is going to allow their inside linebackers to do that a little bit more in 2020. So your safeties aren't doing as much of that as they did last year. Like if your inside linebackers are more involved in your stunts and your twists and your packages uh, in your pass rush packages, or if your inside linebackers are more involved in zone blitz type schemes where you're confusing quarterbacks that way. I, I just wonder if Alabama might simplify the safety position a little bit in 2020. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah, uh, to, to some extent. I think the biggest area where the safety position and why it was so crucial, you know, especially like uh, for a guy like uh, Xavier McKinney last year, the reason he was so important is because of the the lack of you know development at inside linebacker, uh, especially in coverage. Whether you're talking about um, and I guess you could apply it to to uh, run defense as well because it was all about run fits. Xavier McKinney was cleaning up a lot of tackles in the run game, but also on the short to intermediate routes, uh, the stuff across the middle of the field where normally, you know, a guy like Mac Wilson or Dylan Moses or Rashawn Evans or, or Reuben Foster, those guys had a pretty good understanding and idea, uh, were very effective in coverage. We saw the t- kind of impact plays that a guy like Mac Wilson made during the course of his career at Alabama uh, in coverage, uh, you know, the, the number one that sticks out in my mind is that uh, interception in the end zone against LSU on the road a few years ago. Um, but those are the kind of things that you just weren't getting that from your two true freshman inside linebackers. Really, you weren't getting that from Markel Benton, and you weren't getting that from Ali Cahoe as well. It was really the, the group as a whole. And so I think that the, you know, the coaching staff had to rely on a guy like Xavier McKinney to really try to clean a lot of that stuff up and be – an impactful player as much as he possibly could covering that short to underneath stuff because it was such an exploitable part of Alabama's defense. And then this year you've got Dylan Moses coming back. That's going to automatically, you know, provide as big of a boost as you possibly could to that inside linebacker position. But you know, that, that holds true as well in passing situations. But then, you know, if you have a guy like Christian Harris who played cornerback in high school, um, you know, who's who's really just as he continues to grasp the defense more and more, you're going to see him start taking more chances and baiting quarterbacks and doing a lot of those things in coverage. 
you'll start to see him blossom, at least in my opinion, uh, into a really good coverage linebacker. And so if, if he can take those steps this year and you combine that with Dylan Moses, I think you've got a lot of the short to underneath stuff across the middle of the field wrapped up. So maybe you don't have to ask that of, of your safeties, you know, covering that stuff. They can play a lot more free as far as roaming to the football uh, against the run, whether it be in coverage, taking more chances. Uh, maybe we'll see them getting back to creating a lot more interceptions and things like that. Yeah. That's where I think you'd probably see the biggest difference as far as, you know, the way it, or the, the way that safeties were used last year, what they were asked to do compared to this year. Okay. No, that, that makes sense. And a lot of it is dependent on what happens at star. Um, I mean, if we're, if we're doing it your way where you consider star a cornerback position, um, if you can get, be it Sertan to move there and have Job and Ronald Williams as your starting corners, or if Ronald Williams takes your star position and he grasps the defense very well immediately. I, I know there's a lot of ifs and, and uh, question marks there, but if you can get some creativity or at least possibility for creativity out of your star position, then that certainly lightens the load on your on your traditional deep safety positions in terms of what they have to do both in disguising coverages and confusing quarterbacks, but also being involved in the, uh, and in the pass rush game and, and the run stopping game is another aspect of this where the, the strength of the inside linebacking core could, could help out the safety position. So it was just something that, that came to mind and I wanted to bounce it off of, off of you and, and get your thoughts on it since the safety position is, and I don't I don't think anyone's gonna take this as an insult to to Jordan Battle or Daniel Wright or anyone that's going to come up at the deep safety position, uh, but it's it's clearly going to take some sort of of a step down, right? Because Xavier McKinney isn't in it anymore. Xavier McKinney's a all American type guy at, at safety. Uh, I mean, you're you're going to take some sort of a step back at the position. Now it's on Jordan Battle and and others to determine how short or how wide that that step down is but since you are taking that step down at the position it would make sense to do some things to incorporate different tactics into the defense to to adjust for that and and i just kind of wanted to to bounce that off of you uh yeah i think you're right i think as far as the the safety play and losing a guy like Xavier McKinney, when you talk about having to take a step down from him to really anybody else in the roster because of what he was able to provide, um, I think you're right there. Now, on the flip side of that, I do think, and this is through, you know, this isn't any sort of shot at Jared Maiden at all. I think he was a very effective player for Alabama, really stepped up and f- provided a, a steady veteran presence on the back half of Alabama's defense last year. But it personally, I think guys like uh, Helms and Daniel Wright and even a guy like Brian Branch, as far as what they bring to the table, as far as their ceilings, I think it's a lot higher than a guy like Jared Maiden. So while you might be taking a step down a little bit, um, going from, from Xavier McKinney down to whoever, you know, is going to be the top safety, which Mm -hmm. at this point would be Jordan battle. I think that you're going to potentially have a lot better of a duo overall. And it wasn't, like I said, it's not that they didn't have a good duo last year. I just, I really like what Alabama has on the roster for this year as far as the guy who's going to end up playing next to Jordan Battle. Battle's the one, he's not going to be an elite playmaker. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be some ball-hawking safety that's creating a ton of interceptions, but he is such a steady all-around presence, whether it be against the run or the pass 
Um, he's got great instincts, uh, a great feel for the game, which is exactly why he was able to get on the field so early for Alabama. Um, but I think that the combination of him and if you can get somebody, whether it be Wright or Hellams or Branch playing next to him and maybe the depth at that position, because there are three guys, viable candidates, in my opinion, to see significant action. The depth, I think, will be a little bit better. Uh, the, the, the overall talent between the duo, both players at safety, I think it could actually be a little bit of an upgrade. It's just when you start going, you know, Alabama's top safety last year versus Alabama's top safety this upcoming year, I think there is a slight downgrade uh, from that standpoint. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. No, I, I understand. Now, last thing I want to point out before we wrap this up, and I realize it's uh, borderline foolish to project to individual games and the season as a whole, since we have no idea if it's going to go on as scheduled or what possible alterations to the schedule might be if it can't go on as scheduled. But we ought to find out what Alabama has at safety pretty quick because their opener against USC, that's basically an air raid team. Like Graham Harrell, the OC there, is probably uh, Mike Leach is the truest of true air raids, which by the way, that's an October 17th game against Mississippi state. That's in the, let's see, that is the seventh game of Alabama season. They'll have a little time by, by that point, but that is the truest of the true air raids. The closest thing to that is probably Graham Harrell's offense at, at USC. So they're facing as close to the true air raid that they can face outside of the conference in their season opener. So whatever Alabama has at the safety position, it's probably going to be tested immediately if Alabama does get to play that uh, that USC game on September 5th as currently scheduled. Well, and I'll go ahead and dive out there. A lot can change. This shouldn't be locked in. I just think based off of the current information that we have – I'll go ahead and make my predictions for how I think the secondary really as a whole is probably going to shake out. Okay. Um, uh, we've talked a little bit about corner. I think that you do probably, and you're going to see a combination in my opinion of Patrick Tan, Josh Job and Ronald Williams. Um, and it's just a matter of figuring out, you know, whether it be Sertan or Williams who are playing the star versus the outside corner. Mm -hmm. um, I think they'll probably be your top three guys. Those will be your starters. And then when you start talking about safeties, I think, you know, my personal uh, opinion is going to be Jordan Battle and Daniel Wright. I think that the sixth defensive back that's going to come in and play money is going to be uh, Helms. And then over the course of the season, I think you'll start seeing a lot more of a guy like Brian Branch starting to crack into some, you know, more and more playing time on defense during crucial situations, not just mop up duty. Um, and then, you know, whether that be at the expense of a guy like Daniel Wright, whether that be, you know, at the expense of a guy like Helms, you know, I don't really know. But I think that that's probably how it would shake out. And then so your you know, fourth safety, I guess, would be Brian Branch, who I do think that he'll end up getting some sort of bigger role as the season wears on. When's the last time a college football defense faced two air raid systems in the same season? That's actually well. I mean, yeah, that, that's actually a really good point. And, and I mean, so not only they they face two air raid systems. They have USC in the season opener. They have Mississippi State, which it, it's still weird to say Mississippi State's an air raid team. That's going to take a long time to get used to. I'll, I'll probably get used to it right around the time Mike Leach is leaving Mississippi State. 
Um, Which could be sooner rather than later if he doesn't stop making tweets. Right. Yeah, well, true. Yeah, he should probably stop doing that. They face two air raid teams and a Bryles offense because Kendall Bryles is the OC at Arkansas. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he is. Um, How often, if ever, has a college football defense faced two air raid systems in the same season? And then on top of that, you get a Bryles system. Well, that's actually a very interesting point, and it's something that I haven't thought about. The way I've approached Alabama's offseason up to this point has been really focusing on, on Alabama and what Alabama is losing compared to what Alabama has coming back. And I think that they show a lot of promise offensively and defensively um, in, in those areas. But when you start talking about the styles of offenses that they're going to be actually playing and you start talking about, you know, with where LSU was taking their system, granted, I'm not a Miles Brennan believer. I'll continue to say that he'll have to prove me wrong, but just the system that they use and, and, you know, the system that Auburn, uh, implements and, and things like that. Um, Lane Kiffin's back in the league. Great point. Another great one. Um, it's just across the board, there are actually probably some concerns here because for Alabama, you're talking about losing your entire secondary for the most part. I'm outside. I got just a couple of guys. Um, and then you're combining that with losing your top two pass rushers. Typically what will mask an inexperienced, uh, secondary is when you have a top tier pass rush that can put pressure immediately on the quarterback consistently And Alabama has concerns in that area. Now, granted, I like what they're going to be bringing to the table as far as their interior pass rush. But if they're having to rely on a bunch of true freshmen, uh, you know, heavily as far as their exterior edge players, uh, edge pass rushers, then that in, in combination with the fact that their secondary is going to be inexperienced to start the season on top of having to play some of these air raid type offenses and other styles of offenses, it actually could create a, a situation where Alabama's defense really struggles to start next year. I mean, would you agree with that or disagree? Uh, I don't know. I'm less certain. Well, I mean, put it this way. What, what do you think the likelihood is that they struggle early? Um, well, you're, when you're talking about the lack of experience being the key factor here and you are having, you know, especially at edge uh, or outside linebacker, you're having to, or you're expected to rely on, several true freshmen, the fact that they're not getting spring practice and, you know, potentially part of the summer uh, and all those things that just makes it that much tougher. So to start the season, now granted USC is dealing with all this as well. This isn't just exclusively Alabama. This is everybody. Um, So that kind of keeps things, you know, somewhat even, but you know, what is USC bringing back as far as their offensive line who are going to be going against those true freshmen potentially, uh, you know, what do they have coming back as far as their receivers? I know they're losing Michael Pittman. Um, you know, Brew McCoy is going to be eligible. Um, you know, I, I would have to kind of go back and start looking and deep diving into what they have coming back to try well, to compare. Well, USC is recruiting like a Mac program right now. Yeah, that, now that's very true. That is a, a great point. Now, granted, I think that that makes a much bigger impact a couple of years from now yes. in comparison to, to where they're at, you know, for the 2020 season. Um, but you know, I just have to go back and, and kind of see, I wouldn't be surprised now that I, you know, now that I'm looking at that and, and you brought up that point when you combine Alabama's lack of experience in the secondary on top of question marks with the pass rush early on, I'm now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm overly concerned, but I'm a lot more concerned 
for Alabama's defense uh, in week one against USC than I was 10 minutes ago. So that's, the, I guess, the way I'll put it. Uh, so here's here's a, a good way to put it. Alabama gave up 29 passes of 20 yards or more. That ranked tied for fifth in the nation. Do you think Alabama is going to be a top five team nationally in allowing or, or uh, not allowing passes of 20 yards or more? Oh, that's tough. I, th- I think that that, I mean, I could see that taking a dip. I okay. really do. Because like I said, you know, anytime that you don't have, you know, top tier pass rushers getting out to the quarterback, if the quarterback has time. Plus you have an inexperienced secondary. That's where really offenses can attack you deep because you know, they have a lot more time to develop those long developing routes offensively. So that's where the concern is coming in. Now, granted, I've, I think it's pretty well known that I've been a huge fan of what Alabama has coming back on both sides of the football. I think they're one of the top teams in the country. I definitely think they're the top team in the SEC West, probably in the entire SEC. Um, I'll continue to reiterate that. It's just to say that they are without concerns right now. There are a few things that they're going to need to answer. Um, and, and now that I'm looking at it from that light, you know, I'm going to have to go do some deep diving into seeing just how much of an impact do I personally think this is going to make. Just because I think that that'll happen doesn't mean it will, but just you know, it's kind of shed some light on on areas maybe where I wasn't putting enough focus before. Well, while you do that research, we're going to continue our spring position breakdown with one more on each side of the ball. We'll go, we'll do running backs next week, defensive line the week after that, and then football content will take a. A different form um, beyond that, but we'll still have football content for you. We promise, because this is the Bama Beat Podcast. Brought to you by Wickles Pickles and UA Sports Marketing. Thank you. I almost forgot that. I'm leaving this in, by the way. All of this is coming in, staying in the podcast.